You're listening to the FYI podcast where we talk about all things faith, life, adulting, relationships, finances, so much more. I'm Josiah Keneally. And I'm Michael Keneally. Happy Friday. You're probably tuning in whether you are on the beach or you're hitting the slopes, wherever you are at. And we just want to say happy Friday. We help you, hopefully, end your week strong and start your weekend even stronger. So Good. Thanks for joining us on the journey. We love that you have sent in ratings and reviews. You've shared this podcast as we end 2022 and enter 2023. God has great things in store. We shared it a couple of weeks ago and I'll share it one more time. And I couldn't believe it when I heard this, that FYI podcast on Spotify alone, Mm -hmm. you might be a listener on Apple Podcasts or YouTube or some other app like Audible, et cetera. But just on Spotify, FYI is not only in the top 5% mm-hmm. of their podcast, it's also a top 10 podcast for 1,100 fans, mm-hmm. a top five podcast for another 691 of you, mm-hmm. and the number one podcast for 132 of you. And so we just want to say a great big thank you yeah. for joining us on the journey. We love you guys. Yeah, and we couldn't be here without you. So we're celebrating what God is doing. We're celebrating the questions that you are asking. And it's our job and our privilege to hopefully bring you back to the heart of Christ through the word of God, through the questions that you were asking. So we always want to point back to him, not to myself or to Josiah, but to what God is wanting to do. And today the verse comes from Hebrews 10, 25. And here it is. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the days of his return are drawing near. And that's from Hebrews 10, 25, once again. And what an amazing thing to consider and think about whether you're coming into the holiday or a birthday, or you're getting out of the holiday season, wherever you're at, wherever you've been celebrating lately or celebrating the people around you to know that we are actually called to do life together, to gather in God's name, to come around the people we love and celebrate not only him, but celebrate what he's doing, whether it's a birthday, whether it's Valentine's Day, whether it's a holiday, whatever it is, like we are called to come together. Yeah, we are. And we live in a digital world Mm -hmm. that's also very lonely. Right. Isolation is at an all-time high. So our mental health challenges like depression, anxiety, and overall other challenges, loneliness included. And in a world where you could stream any church, most churches, any Sunday or watch the replay later Mm -hmm. during the week, I would just make the case that it's never been more important for you to find a church, to find a God, a Bible-believing, Christ-centered, godly community to be a part of, to be incarnational presence with God, our Savior, and also it's designed from the beginning when the, when the church was born in Acts 2, after the day of Pentecost, I mean, you picture this time where Peter, right before Jesus was crucified, he denied his savior three times. Then he was filled with the Holy Spirit at the day of Pentecost in the upper room. He was also preached the gospel because he had seen Jesus ascended and resurrected. And he he just said like, look, I can't help but share what I've seen, mm-hmm. what I've heard. And 
ultimately 3000 people just in a day were added to the church. Acts goes on to say that daily mm -hmm. the Lord added to it a number of those who are being right. saved. And so the theological framework for Christian community is so important. We need, maybe you're a part of a college campus or a university. Mm -hmm. You need the community of a local church and a campus ministry. Yeah, I think that's it on. And Ben, Benjamin actually just sent in an email. Come on, Benjamin, what do you got? He goes, hello guys, I love your show. God is working so much through you. And we just want to say thank you for that. Mm -hmm. Here's Ben's question, he says, what does the Bible say about neglect in relationships slash friendship? I have an issue where I will push away those who get too close to me and I want to be close to them, but I push away instead. What is your advice about this? And he's also asking what the Bible has to say about this. So we're going to talk about pushing friends away as well as sabotaging friendships in this episode of FYI. Ooh, this is a this is a great question. And I think many of us could be guilty of this, whether it's a season For of sure. life, whether it's an age thing to grow out of or to identify something in ourselves. So whether you can relate to Benjamin or you can't, there's going to be somebody that you probably know that is wrestling with this very same thing. And they may even be unaware of this is something that they do, that they come across. And when I think of the word like sabotage, like you're, you're preventing yourself from experiencing what God has for you, or you're preventing something from happening that may be one of the best things that could happen in your life, right? We kind of set up those snares along the way of ourselves, whether it's our thinking, whether it's our actions, whatever it is. Do you have something to say? There's risk involved, of course. Oh, for sure. There's reward involved mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in relationship. Mm -hmm. And you're not alone in this, Benjamin. Thanks for plugging into the FYI podcast and the community here of young adults on their journey of faith and life. And friendships are a component mm -hmm. of that godly community. Relationships mm -hmm. is part of our hardwiring and a natural defense mechanism is pushing people away to prevent hurt, pain, and rejection. I think it's natural mm -hmm. to do what you're doing, to, yeah. to want to self-preserve. Mm -hmm. Maybe you've been hurt in the past. And, uh, you know, is it worth opening up again? That's really the question at hand. Yeah, it is. And here's some reasons I I personally think, I'm not going to say that you're going to agree with these or disagree, but just keeping in mind, like when we do self-sabotage our relationships, take a personal inventory. Who has hurt you in the past? Why have you been hurt? Was it your family? Were you bullied? Are you afraid of rejection or letting somebody down? or even taking into consideration who has walked out or left you or you feel abandoned by in your past. And that can be a past friendship, a relationship, a family member, or you feel like you have been left behind. And I think like Josiah said, our natural response is we wanna shut down and shut people out, right? So even taking a personal inventory, if we could get down to the root of self-sabotage, what is that hurt hurdle mm -hmm. or in me that's preventing me from showing or exposing elements of my heart to somebody that I want to invite into a friendship circle or a relationship with? And I think one thing I think people, when it comes to the relationship with Jesus Christ, one season that I walked to walked through. And I remember like God prompted my heart and I feel like these were the words he shared. And it was Micah, let me love you. Because there was a season where I was walking through hurt, a hurdle, a hangup, a breakup. 
And I was really like angry. I was frustrated. I was confused. I was literally like, I don't even know. I don't even know. God, like if you want me to love you, like the Bible says, like we are supposed to love our, we are supposed to love God. Right. Mm -hmm. And we're supposed to become more like him, but I wasn't allowing him to love me. Mm -hmm. So even I was like, I don't want to say sabotaging my relationship with God, but I was definitely stiff arming him from seeing things in me that I didn't want to see in myself. But the thing is that God sees all, knows all, hears all. He's everywhere, past, present, future. He's in it. He's in the mix. And there's nothing that you're going to say to him that's going to surprise him. And there's nothing that you can do to make him love you more. And there's nothing that you can do to make him love you less. And I think the ultimate friendship we can just talk about right now is our relationship with Christ. Do we have a relationship with Christ to understand how to love him, love ourselves and love others so we can allow others to love us and we understand God's love for us so we can live out our purpose and I think that's a, it's a messy question and a messy response, but it's very layered mm-hmm. of identifying why am I stiff arming God? And for me personally, I can say mine was an unmet expectation that I placed on him that when he didn't show up in the way that I thought he should, I shut down. And I think if you can identify that, that's showing that you're growing already, but inviting God into those parts of us and into our friendship circles and into our personal walk is a good start and a good inventory to kind of take a look at. I know what you have to say about we that. We want to help you get to the bottom of your heart. Right. We want to help you get to the root. You're describing the symptom. Right. And we don't just want to put band-aids on our broken relationships. We need to get to the injury, to, to what's the pain point? What's the pressure point? What's causing this disruption relationally? And mm-hmm. I've spent um, different seasons in my life. I found tremendous healing and benefit spiritually, but also personally in having a Christian counselor. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I've discovered about myself on the journey that is a lifelong pursuit mm-hmm. of glorifying God and growing to be like Christ one of the the challenges along the way has been a need for myself that I have had of myself to be seen in a positive light mm-hmm. by other people. That's come to light through counseling. I've become self-aware in that process. The other thing, and I don't know why I'm saying this other than I used to believe that I needed to put a little bit of a filter on, even as a pastor, so that people could relate with me. In that I believed the myth that people needed to hear my success stories to relate with me. But what I found out is the opposite. Anytime I've shared a story of a scar, that's what people relate to. Or a struggle, yeah. A struggle, a scar. I'm literally, if, if you're watching on YouTube, I'm pointing at a scar that's from, I was 14 years old, working my first part-time job at a batting cage, and I stuck my hand into the base of the rotunda of the boss to unjam something. And I should have lost my hand that day, but by the grace of God, I only got stitches. Mm -hmm. I was out of commission for a little bit and I've healed since, but the scar remains and our scars tell a story. Mm -hmm. And I could tell you that I worked there for eight years that I helped hire a lot of people that I was one of the managers, Mm -hmm. but you know what? I got some scars. I got probably my first scar, some bumps, some bruises, and that's what people relate to. And in that same counseling appointment, we were talking about the levels of nurture in life and relationships. And when it comes to caring for our soul, 
there's three levels or neglecting. And you had asked in your question about pushing friends away, neglecting relationships, sabotaging friendships. Um, I'm not saying go back to it. Right. And I'm not saying avoid it. What we want to help you break down is in the middle, processing to the root. And what helped me get there was understanding that there's a healthy degree to soul care or caring for the the body, the being that God's entrusted Mm -hmm. you to. That's called care. The second stage is sacrifice. And we followed a savior who sacrificed for the good of others. Mm -hmm. And the Christian faith um, celebrates sacrifice. The danger zone is the third area, which is neglect. Mm -hmm. So soul care is a positive. It's like a check plus. A check is the sacrifice involved in our faith and a check minus is neglect. We don't want to reach a stage, even in the name of Christ, where we neglect our own soul. Mm -hmm. What does it do to gain the whole world, to serve everyone, but to lose your soul, right? Mm -hmm. And so getting one step deeper, if it's all right, I would love to just talk about Jesus and Judas for a second. Mm -hmm. Is that okay, babe? Yeah, do it. So the savior that we follow, who was hung on a tree, he knew his betrayer in advance in the upper room at the last supper, Mm -hmm. which we remember through communion Mm -hmm. at the Lord's table. Part of our memory, if it serves us well, is that Jesus was betrayed by one of his own. Mm-hmm. disciples, one of the 12 closest people. So there's a dynamic of even being a perfect savior that didn't um, make Jesus immune from hurt. Right. He right. felt every hurt of pain and rejection. And I can't imagine being betrayed with a kiss mm-hmm. and knowing in advance that I'm going to be betrayed with a kiss and still allowing his friend close enough to hurt him. Mm-hmm. And this is the savior that we followed. He taught to love our enemies, to turn the other cheek. And he didn't just teach it. He taught it and lived it with moral authority. Mm -hmm. His creed matched his deed, which made Jesus a followable leader. So Jesus accepted a kiss from a a friend that he knew would betray him. Mm -hmm. So my question to you, is loving again worth the potential for hurt? That's what you need to think about at the root level, at the cause level. Mm -hmm. This is a contact sport. You're going to get tackled sometimes. Mm -hmm. There's going to be friendly fire. Mm -hmm. And is letting people close enough to potentially get hurt worth the call to be a part of a godly community? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I just think about when I was in, this is like a quote that we actually had on a basketball shirt when I was at like sixth grade. Was this the hate me now, love me later? Oh my gosh. But this was like a shirt. I, I don't remember, know why I remember this quote, but the core of the shirt was, and I don't know who actually said it, mm. but it said, if you always do what you've always done, you always get what you've always gotten. So I just want to encourage a listener, if you can relate to Benjamin, and if you're surrounding yourself with like crummy friends, you're going to get some crummy advice. You're going to get some crummy support. You're going to, you know, maybe make decisions you never thought you were going to make. But when you start putting forth good and godly friendships and you make those a priority, and if you feel like maybe there is nobody that I can even befriend in this season because 
I have not many people to choose from. Here's the thing. Start praying that God would bring in friendships with a kindred heart, a kindred spirit that are truly walking out Christ um, each and every single day, that they have Christ-like characteristics, that they're striving um, for the kingdom of God to be on this earth and they're thriving in life. Like yeah. these are desires of their heart to see the good in people and to just draw out and allow iron to sharpen iron like the Bible talks about. And if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always gotten. And you can take that into any aspect of life from money to relationships, to fitness goals, wow, to eating good. habits. It's like, well, yeah, you're right. So the input and the output, you have to look at those things. So what you're putting in is what you're going to get out. Garbage in, garbage out. Um, that's a saying that I've heard throughout my whole life. Garbage in, garbage out. If you listen to trashy garbage music, well, it might come out of your mouth and might be part of your thinking. If it's something good and godly, good and godly is going to come out. So it's the ebb and flow. So just to experience the different results, you need to change different inputs, right? So good. And inputs could be your dedication of time to your friend. Hmm. It could be the intentionality you're yeah. putting forth with your friend. It can be words of affirmation that you're just affirming who they are as a friend and you're thankful for them, looking to bless them and not get something from them. And I remember driving on a vacation with a family member and they were just, they were going crazy and they were just really upset about the fact like, I don't have any good friendships. I can't trust anybody. Everybody gossips in this town, blah, 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 saying all these negative things. And finally, I feel like God downloaded something to my heart. And I kind of had enough after about 60 miles where you're like, okay, we get the point. You feel like you're not supported in the friendship world. And which, you know, I can empathize and sympathize with, but I'm like, are you becoming the person that you're describing, you know, that they're gossiping, they're talking, they're not happy, they're angry, they're frustrated, fill in the blank. And I just remember I posed this question to my family member and I said, well, when are you going to start becoming the friend that you wish you had? And that dropped them dead in their tracks. Well, and I'm like, no, not well. Why don't you start becoming the friend that you wish you had? And that can be being authentic, being mm -hmm. real, being genuine, being welcoming, yeah, hospitable, yeah. texting, initiating. I think one thing that we really, I recognize, I have the gift of initiation. And um, I can't help if you know my personality that when somebody's asked, what are we going to do or what's planned or they wait last minute, my spirit just gets agitated because I'm like, Christmas happens every December 25th. Why is this a surprise? So I'm one like October, like, Hey, what are the Christmas plans? They want to be invited. And I create those opportunities for people and friends and family to get together and to celebrate, celebrate somebody else's birthday. But when you're an initiator, you can reach a point of exhaustion. Mm -hmm. You're like, I've given and I've provided opportunity after opportunity. And maybe I just need a break. But in reality, it's my opportunity to steward a deeper friendship, relationship, dynamic of a family, whatever that is, and to realize they're not gifted in that. Duh, I am. So how can we leverage our natural gifts as friends and family yeah. members, not to push people away, but to invite people in. And if we're introvert, challenge yourself, be a little uncomfortable in some conversations. If you're an extrovert, maybe you need to spend more time with God to really get some clarity. So just looking at the inputs and the outputs of your life, the time, the willingness that you are to dedicate and the expectations maybe that you've placed on 
other people. Um, and I'll just speak into this. Sometimes if you're in a dating relationship and you're listening, when you first start dating, you want to be with that person 24 seven, but that is not actually realistic or healthy. Mm-hmm. So say for example, Josiah goes out, he's like, I'm going to go to Florida. We're still dating. And I, you know, for instance, I'm going to go to Florida and spend two days with my guy friends. I can wallow in my self-pity and be like, he didn't want to go with me, blah, blah, blah. Or I can say, wow, he's going with some good and godly men to pursue more goals and aspirations that he can set with these guys to help sharpen him. And I'm going to bless and send him even as somebody dating versus looking at the woe is me. So even just looking at the mindset that we have a bless and send versus I feel left behind. So even looking at like we talked about early on, who has hurt you in the past, who has come and gone out of your life. Maybe you're listening to this and you're like, it was my mom. She walked out. So I have a problem trusting women mm-hmm. or girlfriends mm-hmm. or like friends that are female. Yeah. Or maybe it's a father figure. And I have a hard time trusting other male figures in my life. So getting down to the written identifying, what am I afraid of? Because fear is putting faith in the enemy, right? And our faith is not in the enemy. It is in Jesus. It's in God. It's in what he did for us, right? Mm-hmm. So I think when we can identify that roots, and if we start becoming the person God's called us to be and become the friend we wish we had, good attracts good, you guys. Health attracts a health. So your personality may change. Your mindset may change. Your demeanor and your stature of how you enter a room instead of saying, oh, there they are or there they, there you are versus here I am. Like even just those mindsets of here I am, blah, blah, blah. It's like, oh my gosh, no, that's very self-serving. It's there you are. We've missed you. Mm-hmm. So whatever friend side you feel that you're on, whether you're initiator or the wallowing or whatever, just try to identify and take some time to like 30 minutes. I'm just going to do some self-care thinking and an inventory. So I don't know how you want to wrap it up, Josiah, but I'm holding a glass right now. And this is a cup. It's filled with water part way. And you might be the, the glass half empty person. You might be the glass is half full person. Um, the bottom line is we are vessels as humans. Mm-hmm. And sometimes all of us, even the people who are optimistic that view life from a vantage point of half full, mm-hmm. these are the optimists. We all get depleted from time to time. Mm-hmm. And this is a question of depletion. Mm-hmm. And when you're depleted, the question is, is is the refill coming? Can the contents, can I be filled up again? Mm -hmm. Can this thirst be quenched again? Can this broken vessel hold more water? And the answer is yes. Jesus can heal. Mm -hmm. He can restore. He can refill and refuel. And so if you're on the depleted side, I I love Micah that you had talked about praying for more friends or praying the importance of, okay, have we prayed about it? Like, have Mm -hmm. you prayed about the tendency to sabotage or mm-hmm. to push friends away. Mm-hmm. And how can we pursue friendships? Even talking to God about our friends before we talk to friends about our God. And, you know, a while ago, I don't know, four or five years ago, I dealt with some hurt. Mm-hmm. And there was a relationship that I felt really like the victim. I just really felt, oh man, I was wronged and 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 just felt really hurt, bottom line. And what I wanted to do was to push this friendship away. 
And uh, a little bit of time went by. I started to heal a little bit, started really, this was something that I literally had to pray about every day for at least six months to a year. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it was multiple times a day. It was that level of pain Mm -hmm. and hurt, something that was said. And finally, I got together after a little bit of this time and I went and I got the picture of a spare tire. Mm. Went to the meeting, not sure how it was going. I set up the meeting, met with the individual and just told them that I was there to forgive them. Mm-hmm. And they never apologized. Mm-hmm. And so some of us are going to have to forgive without ever hearing an apology. But that's what Jesus is talking about when he says, make allowance for one another's faults. Because we're all sinners, all have sinned, Romans 3.23. We all fall short of the glory of God. And this is what I learned during that experience that I felt God teach me that you don't need to be in close standing or proximity with everyone, but you do need to live in right standing. That was me forgiving. That was me forgiving. This is one of the most life-changing principles that I've ever experienced in my life, Mm -hmm. in ministry, in leadership, that impacts every relational dynamic. You don't need to be in close standing or proximity with everyone, but you do need to be in right standing. Here's where that lesson is from. Romans chapter 12, verse 18 says, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. So if there's somebody that you're not at peace with, we Gen Z speaks and talks about rent free. Mm-hmm. They're living rent free. I just learned that at a conference not too long ago. But if somebody, if you're ruminating on something right. and they're living in your conscious or your um, thought life in your mind rent free, forgive them and kick them out. Forgiveness is key to experiencing victory. I, I just, Good. that changed my life, Micah. I know. When I stumbled on this principle that you don't have to live in close standing with everyone. I don't need to go to a baseball game with everyone. I, I don't have relational capacity to be with everyone every day, mm-hmm. but I do as far as it depends on me, I can be at peace with everyone. And if I'm not at peace, the good place to look is within to see where am I unforgiving. Mm-hmm. That's That was my healing journey yeah. relationally or the tendency to push away or sabotage a relationship. And we've looked at Jesus and Judas. We've looked at the fruit, the fruit to root. And we, um, you know, the bottom line is the message of the gospel. Yeah. And maybe you're listening today and maybe you're not pushing physical friendships away or family members away or memories away, but you are pushing Jesus away. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're in a season, like I talk about stiff arming God, like, okay, Lord, I'll let you come this close, but I'm not going to let you hug me type thing. Um, and I think that is, that's a dangerous place to be because I knew God, I trusted God. I had a relationship with God, but there's a part of me that was still so stubborn and still so prideful that wouldn't let him wrap his arms around me to fix the brokenness inside of me. And I'll never forget, like the moment you do let somebody in and they see everything in you, it's a humbling moment, but it's a beautiful moment because like, I finally, I don't have to like wonder what you're thinking of me because what you see is what you get. And God already knows with you, what he sees is what he's getting. And maybe some of you have never seen God and you've never wanted him in your life, but I just really encourage you that. If you're running or if you've been stiff arming God, or you've been so hurt by the church, 
I want to just encourage you. Like, I want to say, be a part of the church. Like, I'm sorry that a broken person in the broken church has hurt you. Yeah, me too. Because we've been hurt by churches. I've been hurt by churches. Josiah has been hurt by churches. And we are the church. And we've been on staff at church. Mm -hmm. And God has called us to be the church, to be the Christ followers. And he, God knows that we are broken people in need of a savior. And if a, if a person in the church has hurt you, or if you feel the church has wronged you, I just want to say that we are all beggars in need of some bread. And I want you to point you to the bread of life yeah. today. And that is Jesus who hung on the cross for me, for Josiah, for you. And there's nothing that, that you can say or do to make him love you more or less. He loves you. He sees you. He has plans for you. He wants you to feel happy and whole and healthy. But if you've always done, if you always do what you've always done, you always get what you've always gotten. So if you're going to speak death and gossip and hatred and frustration and anger, that's probably what you're feeling. That's probably what you're going to get. That's how people are going to perceive you. But if you let the light of Jesus shine in you, when you say yes to him, your life will be radically changed. Your heart will begin to see things, to feel things. You will cry for things that you never thought you would cry over. You would be able to forgive somebody that has betrayed you beyond your wildest imagination. And I just want to say, I feel like God's saying, come, come home. Mm -hmm. And come home means that you're, you're willing to run back into his arms. And maybe you've been running from him this entire time. Guess what? He's still chasing you down. You just have been trying to plug your ears, run in the other direction, but he's been hot on your trail this entire time. So if you find that you are that person running and you were exhausted and you've reached the end of yourself, there's good news because that's just the beginning of God and who he is and what he wants to do in your life today. And Josiah, if they want to say yes to Jesus and yes to relationship and maybe start praying for real mm -hmm. good and godly friendships through the hurt, through the false harmony that they've been living or experiencing, how can they do that today? Seriously, at our Instagram account, FYI Podcast, and on our website, FYI-Podcast.com, we have a few resources. One of them mm -hmm. is literally for you if you're a brand new follower of Jesus, mm -hmm. if you just decided to return home. Mm -hmm. If you decided to put him in the leadership role as your Lord and Savior of your life, we want to put a Bible and other resources in your hands. Mm -hmm. We want to help you get plugged into a church so you can also grow mm -hmm. relationally. And the last is if you are on a college campus, we want to help you make that connection mm -hmm. with a faith community in your area. And you might ask the question, how could you possibly forgive somebody for what they've done? Mm -hmm. How could I possibly forgive someone for what they've done to me? The hurt was just that deep. And Micah, it was just what you said, that for the joy that was set before Jesus, mm -hmm. he endured the cross. He knew every sin that I would commit past, present, and future. And while I was dead in my transgressions and sins, mm -hmm. he died for me. The gospel isn't that he, he makes people better people. 
or, or bad people, good people. He literally makes dead people spiritually alive again. And so when I recognize that the gospel message is that I offended God and I separated myself, I sabotaged the relationship. I pushed him away and he loved me Mm -hmm. and he forgave me and he pursued me. It's like the parable that Jesus taught The one who's been forgiven much loves much. We have been forgiven so freely we forgive. It's like carrying a spare tire on your vehicle. Mm -hmm. You might get a flat tire. It might pop. You might encounter a heartbreak. You might have a breakup. I don't wish it upon you, but there are storms Mm -hmm. in life that are unpreventable. Mm -hmm. By me, it's a force of nature to be reckoned with. And mm-hmm. when you've been forgiven by God, he, through his Holy Spirit, gives you the spare tire relationally to forgive in advance, even without an apology. It's good. Wow. It's like carrying a spare tire. Okay. One pops and I've got another. Had a friendship breakdown, had a relational crisis, and I'm getting back up and I'm forgiving. Why? Because I was forgiven and he loved me and he freely forgave me. So freely I forgive. That's the message of the gospel. 